Hello and welcome to the official NHA podcast. I am your uh, interim host, Requiem, filling in for Proton Storm, who's busy this week studying the culinary trends of Koreatown in Tokyo. You bastard. Meanwhile, we're over here eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Pop-Tarts. Oh yeah, we are. Joining me this week uh, are the dulcet you know, Scottish tones of Dr. Kev. Good evening. We don't have Cinnamon Toast Crunch in Scotland. Yep. A man whose taste buds have never tasted cinnamon before. I just can't, I can't even imagine. Just I feel so bad for your whole country. Doctor's orders. Just in general. <laughs> Thanks. Also joining us this week are the dulcet Canadian tones of the Mama Luigi. Hello. Good morning. Luigi, I am glad you could put down Splatoon 3 for five minutes to join us. I literally I, played it up until 15 minutes before we started. So I, I hope you can keep that voice going for the rest of this podcast. I could sure try. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us this week are the non-dulcet tones of the good. Hey, 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 hey. What's that? What's that all about? Why am I the only one that has non-dulcet tones? <laughs> Why are my tones not dulcet? You got no dulcets. No dulcology. Are there any other ways to describe tones other than dulcet? Um, velvet? I don't think so. Velveteen? Creamy? <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's creamy, joined this week by the creamy tones of Gugsy. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't like We're that. off to a rollicking start here. Can we restart? No. Let's cut. just cut this whole podcast out. I, I have absolutely no idea who's editing this week, so you, there may not be any cuts. This may just go out raw. Oh, this is not getting any creamy, better. Creamy and raw. Creamy and raw and the moist meat sockets. Oh, well, we God. Found our, we found our title. Oh, no. All right. So before we begin uh, with the rest of the nonsense. Whoa, what was that? Yeah, who are you calling nonsense? This is important anime discussions we're having. Yeah, important nonsense. But the reason this podcast exists is, of course, our website. That's uh, org or medium.com slash anitay.official. Is that really the reason? Official. Yes, that's. I mean, that was the original reason, anyway. <laughs> now I think it just kind of exists for its own, you know, purposes. But you know, technically, we are attached to annotate.org or medium.com/slash official. But not for long, as we'll soon escape their clutches. Yeah, so uh, not a ton of stuff, but the stuff that is posted is pretty important. We've got uh, a lovely article from our friend Alistair about the new Dragon Ball Super superhero movie. Which title. I know, right? I feel like there was just no effort there. Dragon Ball Super Superhero, the super movie. <laughs> it's Apparently super. it's good. Hey, yeah, it's have, pretty good, actually. Have any of us watched it? I no. Know. It I got know. a huge theater run. Like, apparently yeah, it made massive. a frick ton of money. And, like, usually, at least in my city, anime showings get, like, a couple. This was in it for, like, two weeks with, like, premiere evening showings instead of like 247 on a Sunday afternoon. 
Yeah, it was number it was number one in the U.S. for a week, right? Yeah, it dropped it dropped in a week that had like no other huge like releases. So I think it was number one for at least one weekend. Damn, which is just cool. ridiculous. All right, we also had, of course, your summer 2022 season collaborations. That's our collab article with many people putting out your recommendations for the season. So if you um, haven't started yet, like if you're like say Gugsy or our friend Kinksy out in Bahrain and you haven't picked up anything this season, read the collaboration. And or listen to us as we're going to be discussing some of those shows. Yeah, that too. Dan did an excellent job with the header this time, as always, but this one was particularly spicy. The man's headers are just art at this point. You could put them in a museum. And of course, it wouldn't be a housekeeping segment if we didn't talk about an article by Doc Kev, who posted your thoughts for 2022, this time it was the sequels and ongoing shows, correct? Yeah, I, I, I didn't find that many of the new shows to be that good, but the the best shows this season are definitely sequels or ongoing things from from previous. So, yeah, it's a yeah, a couple cool. of cuckoos is fantastic. He knows, man knows. <laughs> well, it was on the list. Whether I think it's fantastic or not, we'll maybe get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how dare you! <laughs> But anyway, that's all for we got for now. But make sure you check all those articles out. So moving on to the news, uh, Luigi, I believe a very popular manga is getting an anime, which happens sometimes, but I think you're excited about it. Yeah, so the manga Freerin Beyond Journey's End has been, uh, Mal says it's been listed with an a- for an anime in their newest manga volume. Um, this is one of my favorite manga, and it's, pretty popular in our discord server it's very uh it's a like it's pure fantasy not isekai fantasy which is oh i was gonna ask yeah. um, it did look, it's it about looked, sorry go ahead no i was i was just gonna say it did look like an isekai but that's good that it's finally something that's not an isekai yeah so it's about a elf girl named freerin who is basically immortal because in all shows elves live like hundreds of thousands of years um so it's about her life after they beat the big bad and slay the demon and all become heroes and all her this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first chapter of the manga all her four or three people in her adventuring party all pass away and she's forced to live and keep living so it's like what happens after Everything's over. That sounds slice of lifey. It's kind of is. Um, I think a bigger plot is emerging as it's going on, but it's very contemplative and it asks some big questions and it's pretty funny too, because Freerin is pretty, like most people get in immortality, pretty nonplussed by everything, pretty sociopathic, not quite there, but like just, Everything's monotone. Um, it's really, really good. Um, so I'm very excited for this. I hope a good studio gets it and they do well with it. <clears throat> I gotta admit, I'm very interested because I'm I'm always fascinated by a, a narratives about immortality. Um, I think immortality is a really interesting like device to build a story around, but too many of them, like it's always like, oh my god, they keep trying to convince you that immortality sucks, and I'm like. I don't buy it. it, 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 it all the bad things that come with immortality are still better than 
not dying than dying. I'm sorry. So yeah, and it's interesting because this, at least from what I've read of it so far, it doesn't really take a clear positive or negative stance on immortality. Like a lot of the manga and her character arc deals with, um, like closure around her three party members and how, like, cause th- I'm not going to spoil it, but the way they kind of part, um, isn't exactly amicable in every way. So, mm, okay. And then yeah, they pass away. Right. And then, so it's kind of her coming to grips with all that. And she meets how some things people. ended. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. I think most people would really like it. So all I'm right. really enjoying it. Well, that sounds very interesting. <clears throat> assuming it's done correctly. Yeah. It, with the right studio, I could see this going really well. And with the wrong studio, I could see them fucking it up. And I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> and with the wrong studio, you'll get Lucifer into Biscuit Hammer. Yeah. Oh, no. Which I still like. I still like that show, by the way. But it could have been so much better with a better effort. Yeah. Talking about things that you know need a better effort, Doc, you want to tell us about the latest bizarre goings on? Yeah, so the show Uncle from Another World, also known as Isekai Oji-san, which is currently being streamed in the in the West on Netflix, um, there, there's been a catalogue of disasters in regards to its ongoing production. They already had to delay, uh, I think it was episode five, by a couple of weeks. And they've only managed to get out up to episode seven, and they have delayed the eighth episode until probably November. So all through September, all they're doing is they're rerunning episodes that have already been shown, and then in October they're starting again from episode one. <laughs> so um, they're rerunning and then rerunning again. Uh, yeah. So apparently, the the director for episode eight quit because um, he didn't have any staff to produce it. Um, oh, so so like, like there was no one. There was, it was like um, several days just before the due, you know, the the, the broadcast date, and they hadn't even started animating the thing. So um, it's been a disaster. At least some of that's down to COVID, but probably a lot of it's down to just the disastrous way that the anime production system works. Yeah, uh, I, I was going to say I, it. It is a, a production disaster, but they, they did mention that some of it is kind of because of COVID restrictions and the staff uh, catching it. So it's, I guess, it's not. It's it's not a hundred percent their fault. It's more like ninety percent their fault, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because it's a really good show, uh, and it, it looks all right if you're watching it. It doesn't it doesn't look like a total disaster. It has a style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that carries it pretty far, um, but yeah. So it looks like it rerunning from the beginning. Of course, Netflix um, will probably just delay it. The, the the first seven episodes are going to be available to us whenever we want to watch them. Um, but the production committee will have already paid for um, these slots on Japanese television because that, that's how it works. They'll now have to pay for a second run of 12 or 13 episodes or whatever. So this show's going to have to sell a hell of a lot on Blu-ray or whatever for it to even make a profit at all. So any any chances of there being a sequel of this is probably just uh, dropped precipitously. Dear God. Yeah, yeah I would say it's pretty much zero percent at this point what a cluster i can't i remember like series in the past backing up a few episodes to try to make room for production issues but not a complete restart back at the beginning of the season from this far in yeah good lord 
And it, what sucks is it's a really good show. It is, yeah. It, it deserves better than that. It does. I, I think the most famous example of something like this actually turn, like turning out okay was Blood Blockade Battlefront. That's uh, mm. got paused for like three months, but that was actually like a good thing. Uh, this does not sound like it sounds like the opposite of a good thing. And in that case, it was only the last episode too. It wasn't waiting mm-hmm. like middle of the season. Yeah, and if, if I remember right, I think part of the reason they had to wait all that time was because the TV station already had booked up whatever like what they were airing at the time so they had to wait for a free spot so but that's mm. not what's happening here no i don't I, I just hope we don't end up with like a machin margin thing where it's like you end up with animation that's just stick figures <laughs> yeah I, this is i'm i'm not gonna be watching it whenever it restarts good luck to the rest of you who are um that's but i'm really out good though I was Man. lukewarm on it for its run, but I'm definitely not going to be watching it anymore. If that makes sense. Uh, moving on to some uh, other sad news. I feel, I feel like every time we host a podcast now, we have to announce the death of somebody. Um, at least this time, they lived a, a fairly long life. So uh, legendary animation art director Shichiro Kobayashi passed away at 89. So that's a good run at least. Uh, he was an art director, uh, started actually as an elementary school art teacher, then started working in anime production as an art director. He was an art director on some really big projects from back in the 70s and 80s, stuff like Tomorrow's Joe 2, Lupin uh, Castle of Cagliostro, and then, you know, relevant to me and Doc, uh, Urusa Yatsura, Beautiful Dreamer. Yay. I, I think he was, the, he was the background artist for uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena, too. Yeah, that too. Which, I, if I remember when I was watched that a long time ago I, I the background art of that show was just unbelievable yeah very trippy but fantastic and you got the uh, japan's agency for cultural affairs film award of merit back in 2011 so this guy was a legend in the field and in, uh, we mourn his passing yeah uh, following up on that i don't know how to follow up that story so Gugsy, why don't you tell us about some gross food that's related to anime Huh. <laughs> yeah, so I guess well, let's end this uh, news on a, a kind of a more amusing note. Um, uh, so this fast food chain in Japan um, uh, is celebrating sort of what Japan has an annual moon viewing festival, um, which is called Tsukimi. And to celebrate it, the, this fast food chain called Moss Burger is creating a limited time burger that is inspired by a sailor moon to tie in with the moon viewing festival and uh well to say to say that the rest of the, the rest of the people here on, on this pod uh are uh nonplussed by this the, the uh how this burger looks uh <laughs> it, it's not even a burger really no it, it does it's it's i'm not really sure what that stuff in the middle is but it's definitely it's a bun and apparently <laughs> um it's got like a soft boiled egg and it's filled with teenage magical girl meat or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the tie into Sailor Moon is that they're using a, a horseshoe shaped sausage to make it look like a crescent moon that sort of is going around this burger. <laughs> or what, 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 what I would, some people would call it a burger. I don't know. Uh, it looks like not okay. <laughs> it doesn't look edible. It looks like a the, sloppy Joe, more like. Yeah, and the the promo picture with the egg like open. Yeah, doesn't doesn't rub me the right way. 
yeah, the soft-boiled eggs sitting on kind of the sloppy Joe sort of material is just not really inspiring. Not, not okay. And then there's like lettuce or in something. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm okay with egg and lettuce. Yeah, it's not really. It doesn't even look like like we you know regular burger lettuce. It looks like they did like mixed greens or something. Yeah, maybe underneath there. Yeah. Anyway, we might put this up as the image, the thumbnail, or if not. If we have not used it as the thumbnail, I encourage the listeners go Google the picture of this thing and see it for yourself. Because yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> let's it's just a, say like I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not exactly uh, chomping at the bit to go track this down and try it. No, and I think this Moss Burger is like the biggest burger chain in Japan, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, would that be McDonald's? one of the one of the biggest? I think McDonald's. It is the second biggest fast food franchise in Japan after McDonald's. Yeah, there we go. So I'm sure people will eat this. Oh, no, no. I have no doubt that some people will eat it. Um, if if you are in Japan, you know, like Proton, if you're listening, go get this and tell us what it's like. Go get Sailor yeah. Moon sausage. I'll be, I'll be Ooh, honest, guys. If you, if, if you just tell me what that Sloppy Joe stuff is, I would pro- probably try it. I mean, if what you can the, get like an accurate description of the actual contents of, of what that is in the middle, yeah, then I'll, yeah, I'll try it. Because what? It's a sausage egg in 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 a, a bun. An egg on a burger is good time. So it is. So I just I just need to know what that middle stuff is, and then I'll give it a shot. Uh, oh, and speaking of uh, mysterious meat products, Erfreda uh, is getting a third season. Boom! Oh, yay! Lovely. So I just wanted to mention that for me and Kinksy, like the only two people who watched season one and season two. I watched season one and two. So did you, you thought season two was way, way better than one, right? It was better, but it was more disappointing because now it's not even bad. And now it's just like there. Eh. At least it was, it was, I didn't feel embarrassed or dirty watching it. I know. But, and I was quite disgusted with myself when in, near the end, when he says goodbye to, um, What's the little fish girl's name? Mew? Yeah. When he says goodbye to her and it's all emotional and stuff, I was like, fuck, it got, they got me. Yeah, they, did, they actually did a really good job with that relationship. So it's actually watchable now, but it's di- disappointing that it's watchable now instead you of just should, being a steaming pile. All of you should be ashamed of yourselves. I am. He's like, now it's just a, one more watchable show instead of a, a trash fire where dragons are getting pile-driven. Yeah. Yeah. Where's I can see where you're going for there. Where's give Luge more sodomy, please. Ew. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm so Disav- glad I've not watched the show. Disavowing. Disavow from this. <laughs> uh the opinions of the Mama Luigi do not reflect the opinions of Anate. Well yes, uh, most of Anate. I run the collab, yes they do. <laughs> okay. Don't don't lump me in with these people. <laughs> All right, well, it's probably time to move on um, from the sodomy to uh, the shows we're watching this season. It's a different kind of sodomy. All different kind of ass rape. So (laughs) edit that out, whoever's editing this. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Play that again, twice as loud. (laughs) Twice as loud with reverb. Turn up the gain. So let's start with a show that I think at the beginning uh, was kind of divisive. Hit the middle, got some twists and turns, and everyone started to like it. And now at the end, it started to get divisive again. So let's talk about Engage Kiss. Ooh, mama, starting off hot. (laughs) 
Yeah, who's got hot takes on Engage Kids? It's not good anymore. I I don't agree. I just I don't know if I need to pay more attention or things are too complicated or it feels yeah. like at this point it feels like you know when you get a visual novel adaptation and it's clear that they're trying to combine all the roots into one. This yeah. is what that feels like. Really? Yeah. I wasn't finding it hard to follow. Like, okay, so spoiler warning for Engage Kiss. We're probably gonna have to discuss spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't I like- finding it that. What are you? What are you having trouble following? And it turns out his mom like- was replaced by a demon. His friend, the cop, was actually in on it the whole time, and he's got almost damn no, damn near no memories left in his head. Okay, the yeah, I, knew the, I, th- I still think the memory thing is really interesting, but yeah. I just found the rest of it like like near the end the of like happening. second to lo- most recent episode where he barely recognizes Ayano anymore. I thought that was pretty strong. Yeah. I think the problem with Engage Kiss that it's having is that it's trying to do way too many things at the same time, and so it's nice. it's it's the story is re- kind of overcomplicating itself. Where like if we just yeah. focus on kind of like the memories and the uh, I guess demons, but now we're like okay, so the, the, the sister is actually a, a gate or some shit. His mom is not actually his mom. You know, it's it's I can't even remember like half of the other plot points that they're trying to tie in all together to this. Yeah. It's and it's if they had if it was just simplified a little bit with its plotting, I think it would still be a little bit more engaging. But or if it, it was a twenty-four episode show. Yeah. No, I, I have the opposite opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like if if they if this show was like six episodes, like six thirty minute episodes, I think would be perfect. And if they just chopped off like part of part of the storyline and made it simpler, I think it would be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, so much of this show is falling flat for me now, which is a real shame. Like that that reveal about the the, the cop guy being and everything. It's like I don't care. Like, who is this yeah, guy? Exactly. He was barely even glimpsed in the previous episodes, and for some reason, you know, this is like a, a big thing to the main character. Well, that wasn't communicated to us at all as a viewer, and that that's like really poor storytelling. Um, I don't. I, I'm I'm finding it difficult to follow as well, to be honest. And and the last couple of episodes, I find my attention just wandering because I just I just don't care. Um, wow, really? Yeah. I, yeah just... I mean, I I like the pink-haired girl. Um, of the course. Main char- yeah, I mean, the main character is kind of annoying. The the blue-haired girl is fine. Um, I don't I don't understand. Sexy what the nun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, cool. she's, great. Doesn't do it she's great. She's great. She's but great. Again, I love I, the sexy I murder nun. I don't feel they've done enough with her. <laughs> I think there needs to be more of her. I think um, Shu's done enough with her. Well, I'm yeah, sure you can it, find it, plenty getting done to her on the internet it, now. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But then there's like, the other peripheral characters. Like there's the there's the blonde haired guy who's I, I can't even remember who he's meant to be. He's like the mayor's son or something. I don't yeah. really get oh, like what the, the flamboyant heck, guy. Yeah, I don't know what he's really up to. He just seems like a fairly pointless character. I almost feel like he's, he's a- secretly the power behind the entire city. Yeah, right. The whole okay. the whole thing is like Whatever. the mayor doesn't actually have any power. His two daughters <laughs> yeah. and his son are actually running the city. That's all it is. This show isn't that common. Because if I can follow it, anybody should be it's, able to follow it. It's it's, just, it's, it's not not that it's, it's just not told well. Yeah, it's not told. Uh, it's not being it's not being plotted out properly. And like I think the the memories thing is exactly kind of the problem with it. Like, like Luigi was saying, was like, the cop dude. Uh, is he's been a nothing character this whole time, and then we're we're we get this flashback of like, oh wow, this cop is actually important after all. Like this is 
look at all these important memories that this this guy has and then oh well actually this guy doesn't have those memories anymore so now these memories are not not actually important like that that's the kind of that's the kind of like well you probably should have thought about this more and you probably shouldn't we shouldn't be having like this big giant flashback that now doesn't actually mean anything to any of the characters because it's just gone all right i mean Obviously, all three of you, I'm in the minority. All three of you seen the, like, I thought they made it fairly clear that that guy was like a father figure to him and that they had an important relation in the past. And he was in almost every episode, either with Chu or with the, the cop, the, the detective that he murdered. So he was always there. It was just kind of one of those background character turns out to be important kind of things. It's, I thought it worked. They didn't right, build but up it, but in, it's, any it's, emotional connection. There was just nothing there. <laughs> It, right, so, but so instead of like, yeah, so they give like this huge, you know, flashback of oh, he's actually he's actually been important this whole time, but in, it's like the opposite of character development. Like this mm-hmm. character just suddenly doesn't ha- actually know this relationship anymore. He's not; he's devolving into a, a nobody, like with no memories of anything. That nothing is important to him. Yeah, honestly, I was hoping that the reveal who killed the detective was going to be Ayano's mom. I thought that would have been a lot more effective. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those shows where like explaining it now, like it doesn't seem complicated, but it feels complicated with the way the show is telling itself. Hmm. I think. All right. I mean, all three of you say that and I, I don't agree, but I obviously am in the minority on this one now. I still think it's great. And we're at the final episode now, and it's definitely going to be big, some big giant battle between demon There's mom two, and two demon sister. Two more episodes. Well, okay. Two more. Episodes. Well, yeah. They just well they flipped it. You know the memory thing. So now like she's got an empty head and he's got his memories back. So we might get a little, a little different character dynamic going for the next couple episodes. Yeah, I just wish. I I, I wish that would would be our main focus towards the end. Like I don't care about demon mom and demon sister. That whole no. plot line is is now the main focus when it re- we should be exploring this memory stuff more mm. yeah i, I could I, I would like to say i'd like a spinoff with the sexy murder nun if we could get that oh yeah absolutely well, we're, get, we're getting a mobile phone game coming up so maybe that will be about sexy murder nun who knows no nah, that'll just be a gotcha well maybe you could pull sexy murder nun that'll make you I'd, happy. Pu- I'd pull i would pull so hard anyway so let's compare <laughs> and contrast this to the other show that we've discussed i think the most this season the excellence that is licorice recoil. Mm. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yep. So I'm that assuming the, you guys like this show more. That is the best. I think this is the best season. of the season. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. Yeah. It really I, is I thought, really good. I was, I was actually enjoying the, like the beginning part of en- engage kiss more than licorice recoil. But I, like, I feel like it's licorice recoil is kind of doing the sort of the opposite. It has the opposite thing where, it, its story is so so condensed, and okay, the, the only things that we really care about are you know the, the whole thing with the main villain and the main characters dying, and that's 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 those are just the only two storylines that we have to focus on, and they're doing both of them really well. Whereas yes. Engage Kiss is trying to do recall. well, <laughs> but Engage Kiss is trying to do like a hundred things at the at the same time. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I think Licorice Rico is balancing. Uh, several storylines because there's uh, her, the relationship. I wrote about this in the collab. Please go read the collab on annotate.org uh, um, about how it's two shows at the same time. There's this espionage spy action movie going on 
between like there's the the secret organization of schoolgirl assassins and Takina's relationship to them and her relationship uh, relationship to the Allen Institute. There's all that stuff going on in the background, but it's also a slice of life show about two girls becoming friends. And then it melds perfectly. Those two things shouldn't work together, but they work perfectly like a soft boiled egg on top of a mystery meat patty surrounded by sausage. <laughs> Uh, and I, I think also the characters in Recoil are so much more interesting than the ones in Engage Kiss. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ch- and, Chisato and, and Takana are two of my favorite like main characters ever. They're just yeah. they're just flawlessly paired. They are so gay. They're super gay, <laughs> but they're just great. Oh, it's the best. And the production of this show, like it's so beautifully animated, and every frame is so like it. It seems like there hasn't been a miss at all with anything. It does have, and the show actually does have gay, sympathetic gay characters, which is fairly rare for an anime anymore. Mm-hmm. Granted, they, they, they're, they're old. They're not. They're not like young people, so maybe they feel they can get away with that more. I guess, like the the, you know, her sensei, the black guy, is. I think he's one of the more interesting characters of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what his like. They've, I guess, they've been referring to him as a teacher. Was he like a? He was like a trainer. A trainer in the organization okay. yeah he worked for the main organization and then this was like his prize pupil obviously because she's a fucking genius mm-hmm. and yeah. you know she was putting he was put in charge of her after her you know you know sci-fi artificial heart and now like he instead of being just uh like a cold-hearted mercenary who was a trainer like he's basically her dad yeah yeah i think yeah, one, the, like, the scene yeah. the scene in one of the most recent episodes where he's crying with her at the end like how powerful that was good. Yeah, shit. I, one of the was such things, a great fucking character. She's so great. Uh-huh. She is one of the good things about her is I love that in like a lesser show would have given us like was, like all this really convoluted reason as to why she's so good at dodging bullets. Like they would have been like, oh, her heart has now given her like superpowers and blah. Oh, it's given her midichlorians or something. But uh-huh. no, like the the reason they're yeah, just like oh. They, the reason is like, oh, she's just good at, she's just, that's just, she's talented at dodging bullets. Like, yeah. great. That's okay. That's all I need. Like, I and she just reads her opponent's body music. language and knows where they're going to shoot. I'm like, well, that, it's a little far-fetched, but it, it, it's, it's just logical enough to work. It's, it's better than giving the, just a, like this convoluted reason as to why she's good at it. Just she is. Okay. And, and the same thing with the villain dude. He's like, oh, he just is good at what he's good at. Have we, all watched, have like, we all watched the them. most recent episode? I like did. Yes, yes uh, I have. No, I haven't had a chance to yet. Oh, damn. There's a moment at the end that kind of... It um, it re- rebukes a complaint that someone in our community had about the show. Is all I'll yeah. say. Yeah. Well, there's only... I've only heard one complaint about the show, and I thought it was nonsense. So I guess I know what you're talking about. I do have... There, there was something that they mentioned a couple episodes back that has completely thrown me off. And I don't know if anyone else has caught it because I don't, I haven't seen anyone discuss this at all, but at some point in one of the previous episodes in a throwaway line, Chisato mentions that there is a schoolboy compa- like companion organization oh, yeah. to the schoolgirls ones. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh fuck. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, yeah they, so did they, I. It's a completely just throwaway line. Oh yeah, there's a there's a boys organization, and I, I guess we're never going to hear about them. Uh, Maybe that's season two. Yeah, season, <laughs> season two. Season two. 
Yeah. Uh, licorice reboil. <laughs> <laughs> they even mentioned, I, I forget what the, I think they mentioned the name too. I was just like, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to discuss, discuss this at all. We're going to just throw this out there and uh, that's it. I mean, the yeah. one show that this reminds me the most of is uh, Gunslinger Girl. Yes, which is about, yeah. Which is about yeah. you know, teen, well, it's a fantastic anime. At least, at least the first season is. The second season moved to a different production house, and it was crap. It was but too that, depressing. That, but that second season did introduce a sort of male equivalent of the um, female uh, girl assassins. Um, so I wonder if Licorice Recall maybe wants to do something similar. Hopefully, it, if they do do a second season, they don't give it to the terrible company that produced uh, Gunslinger Girl season two. Yeah, so get, disappointing. Don't give it to Passion either. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the first thing I thought of after the first couple episodes. Doc was like, this is Gunslinger Girl with mm. hope. Yeah. Because Gunslinger yeah. Girl is a great show, but it's dark as fuck. Oh, yeah. man, is it depressing. Mm. But the the manga goes well past the anime, though. Um, it's about know, fourteen volumes long, or something like that. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> I'm not sure it gets any less depressing, though. Nah, but this is, you know, th- that's the thing is like there's a lot of bad stuff happening in this show, but it, 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 there's a, a hopeful core to it that comes from Chisato mostly, and it's uh, it's oddly upbeat for a show where at least twenty or thirty people have died. Yeah. So anyway, that's great. Uh, let's see. Has anybody else watched the show besides me? Oh, me, Luigi, and Gugs have all partaken of Classroom of the Elite. What do you guys think? Oh, because me and my, my wife God. are actually watching this together. And uh, I like it. She kind of likes it, but can't follow you know, all the machinations. What do you guys think? I like I- the writing still. I still think the light novel is far superior, but... The production has taken such a hit that it is hard to like view with my eyes. Yeah, it, it, it is really not as well animated, nearly as well animated as the first season. Because the first season was quite well, like quite well animated. It wasn't like mind blowing, but it was very solid and watchable. And this has taken like this is one of the worst of the season in that regard. Yeah, and you think about it, it's mostly just people standing or sitting in classrooms. Like, it shouldn't be that and hard to animate. Lips, and lip flapping, yeah. Yeah. Not lip flapping. So what do you think of the story, though, this season, compared, especially compared to the first season? Yeah, I think, you know, the last couple episodes, or at least the, the latest episode, I think is probably the most, in, it's by far the most interesting of the season, and probably of the whole show, because it's, it kind of, it gives a little, like, just a smidge of a backstory to the main character, and like, a, a reason of why he's why he's so good and why he's like hiding it. And then now that it's revealed, now he's like, he doesn't have motivation anymore. And I think that's fascinating that I want to see what this classroom does without him being motivated to help them. Yeah. The, the two things I found most interesting this season is uh, Ayana Koji kind of slowly sliding. He's always walked the edge. Like, is this guy the hero or the villain of the story? Is this breaking bad or not? Right. And yeah. Like he helps people, but always only for, only for his own reasons, and sometimes just for his own amusement. So now we're gonna we're getting into that thing of like this is gonna probably be where he either wobbles to one side or the other. The other thing I think is actually really funny is how he's slowly kind of growing a harem without intending to or without wanting to. Well, of course, <laughs> he doesn't. Like, one, he just keeps ignoring it. He just keeps <laughs> it desperately attempting to not notice it by just nagging all the girls in his group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The show, or the writing, I should say, I guess, takes some interesting 
turns with the whole harem thing. So it it'll I like the I think it's one of those works that just gets stronger as it goes on because it develops like on its premise and on Ayana Koji in some really interesting ways. So I think it's just going to get stronger in a writing sense. I just wish the visuals matched up. Yeah, I think the weakest part of the show is actually like the classroom battles. Like everything else outside of it is just way more interesting to me. The character relationships are really interesting. Like cuz you never you never quite know like what's who's genuine with each other and who's um like maneuvering and there's always everyone's always got a plot in the back of their head. Um and trying to suss all that out and see what happens. I oh, find that really fun and it's interesting. It's basically among us the classroom. Yeah, actually, though. <laughs> oh, because now that I remember it, the whole plot of of the, the the blonde girl and what she's really up to, I thought was just really dumb. And I'm glad we're done with it. At least for now. Yeah, I'd like to get less of her and more of the other blonde girl from Class B, uh, Chinoze. I, I, I want to see more of her because I think she is the only character in the show that's really a match for Ayana Koji. Well, I, there's probably the blonde, is that kids. the one with the ponytail or the other one? No, the one with the long blonde hair that's from Class B. The one that like I feel like her character. She was in his group in the first thing on the boat. Oh right, yeah. She's like, and you know, she's the only one who could kind of match his level of manipulation with other people without, you know, becoming a psychopath. I'm sure there are some Class A people that we don't know about yet that probably would be able to too, but we just haven't seen them. I like how the show hasn't focused, like just automatically put Ayana Koji and um, the black haired girl, main girl. What's her name? Oh, uh, Harikta. Harikta. Oh, yeah. Horikita. I like how because it seems like, oh, well, they're the match, but they've kind of just been like partners in crime instead. Yeah, yeah, they're really they're setting her up with dumb redhead guy now. Basically. Yeah, it's an interesting shift on what you'd expect. Yeah, the only match for him would have to be another character who was, you know, as masterful as he was as a puppet master. Like, I don't think she would really work out because she would just end up being one of his little dancing, you know, puppets. Oh, the the match the match is her older brother. Oh yeah, yeah, he's just hook up with her older brother. In more th- ways than one, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of incest. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my wife actually hates that part of the show the most is her older brother. She doesn't get why she's so hung up on her older brother. And I don't know how to explain it except that she is. It's, like, it's, it's an animeism, it maybe. Yeah. It's an animeism. All right. So hopefully it gets a third season and hopefully maybe we'll get some better animation on the third season. It already has a third season confirmed. Oh, okay. good. Its third season got confirmed with the same time as its second. Is it the same studio? I assume so. Well, maybe they'll put more effort into it. So the same uh, studio, the same studio did the first season, I think, too. So maybe they put their B team on it or something. I mean, there's de- um, there's definitely a dramatic step down, so something happened. Because it's like it's lurch, like they do good stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't quite know what went wrong, but oh well. But that makes these last couple episodes even more interesting, knowing that they have room in the season three. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I want to see like what happens now that he's not motivated to move them up. 
Well, one this, assumes that something else will happen to motivate him again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because season two and three are supposed to adapt the rest of the first year arc. Because then the light novel still got released immediately after, but they called it a sequel series that was like second year. So mm. this adapts like up to the end of first year. Have you read all of that? No, it's not all out in English. I haven't read oh, all okay. of the first year stuff. The anime is pretty much caught up to where I've been up to. So, oh, okay. Although I would, I would have to say, like I say, he has to get remotivated again. I would kind of love it if he just became a background character for the rest of the show. <laughs> he, like, he doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. All right, uh, let's move on. We haven't heard from Doc in a while. So, Doc, you, Gugs, and Luge, why don't you tell me how a couple of cuckoos is is handling these days? Oh. Mm. So we're... Kev. Yeah, so we're we're 20 episodes into a 24-episode season. I don't really feel that very much has happened. (laughs) Like, at all. (laughs) It's really spinning its wheels. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wheel-spinning, the anime. Um, none (laughs) None of the characters have developed in any way none of their relationships have developed in it in any way and it's being frustratingly coy about what little plot there is in the background um i mean it's entertaining enough because i mean the characters they're none of them are particularly annoying i mean the main character is a bit dull but apart from that it's all right um it doesn't look terrible It, it never really makes me laugh but it's mildly amusing and it's not like an offensive train wreck like certain other romantic anime this season. It's just, it, it's it's such a nothing show. <laughs> I, I don't know. The it best actually, example I can give is that they, they gave the, this, the big reveal that like the main girl actually has an older brother that is technically his brother. Yeah. And everyone's like, wait, what the heck happened to him? Yeah. What, the heck hap- what, what the heck happened to him? And they try and confront the, uh, the father and the father's like, I'm not going to tell you. And then roll credits. That was 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So that was another episode wasted on absolutely nothing. And I guess we're going to keep going with this. Because yeah, the next episode is just like, yeah, the dad never said anything. And let's just continue not to say anything. And nothing happens. It's a further episode where nothing happens. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we have to wait till, what, twenty episode 23? And I'm sure the older brother is going to magically show up at some point and cause drama. And we'll finally get something happening. There is no drama. It, you know, it, it's it's not even particularly a comedy. It's not particularly funny, but it's not particularly dramatic either. I don't really understand why this show exists. I'm not really sure why I'm still watching it. Damn, <laughs> that's like the meanest thing I've ever heard anybody say about a show. I think it's like it's not it's not funny or dramatic. I don't know why it exists. <laughs> it's funny. That's... The show the it actually reminds me the most of Nisekoi. Yeah, because, it because of all the like. Like, there's three main girls, and they all have these weird, like, connections to their past, and the plot moves along so slowly, and, again, there's a father who doesn't want to reveal stuff, and the main character is kind of a doormat, and the main girl is a tsundere, who's kind of funny, but really dumb, and then there's the boring, the, the the boring the smart are, girl. Two of the girls and there's are a sort sister. of related to him, maybe yeah. not. But... <laughs> I, I say that as if it's a negative, but I love Nisekoi, so I love this show. I think it's a good time because I'm get, trash. You kind of expect, no, go ahead, go ahead. You kind of expect there to be some kind of conflict in a drama, but th- there is no conflict. 
because each of the female characters, they all get along with each other. They're not really fighting over the main guy. The main guy can't really work out his feelings for, for, for who. But it's like there, in other shows, there might, there might be sort of cattiness or, or bitchiness or at least some something vaguely spicy happening. This, this is not even remotely spicy. This is, this is oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's no flavor to it. Not even brown it. sugar oatmeal. No, no, it's it's just it's unremittingly bland, it, and I, it doesn't I, it doesn't even have a. I'm talking myself out of the show right now. <laughs> it, it doesn't even like like I said, it's like Nisekoi, but it, Nisekoi had like some forward propulsion, like with the key and the lock and this and that. But this doesn't even have that. But I still look forward to it every week. So it like. I, I want to say that if they had the cattiness, the show would be just like every other kind of harem rom-com. That's true. But, but also, if they had the cattiness, maybe there would be forward progress. So I, I mm. don't know. <laughs> you know it's like, it's like the, the younger sister, I'm not even sure why she's in the show. Every now and then, they seem to remember, oh, yeah, she exists. Maybe there should be some kind of romantic tension between her and her brother, which I don't want to happen. <laughs> but but they, they, men- they mention it as a They're not blood-related. Yeah, no, but they mention it's a possibility, and then they just sort of go, uh, you know what, let's just not bother. And it's like, well, why did you even mention it then? It's it's just bizarre. I don't understand at all. <laughs> all right, well, let's let's compare and contrast here. So Luge and, and Doc, uh, are, would you prefer, are you preferring Cuckoos, or my stepsister is now my ex-girlfriend? Well, the stepsister uh... thing is boring as hell so i've not watched it the last three episodes so i don't know yeah. I'm, i, like I them watched both. them behind yeah yeah so i like them both i don't know i couldn't even say why i like them both i just do it's my kind of i like those stupid rom-coms so i feel, but I, I feel like it's not funny <laughs> it's not even interesting the stepsister yeah, one has a little bit more of analysis of their feelings I guess it's got like a little, yeah, it's got like a little more depth, but it's not saying much. Mm-hmm. So it's all in the, the wheel spinning genre. I mean, sort I, I've, of, been, yeah. I've been putting off watching it and I kind of thinking, well, what, why am I even going to try if I'm thinking up excuses not to watch the next episode? And I've done that for the last three episodes. I'm just wondering if I'm just not going to bother finishing it. Yeah, I probably won't bother finishing it. I know Unless... something, something that Gugsy and I have both, noticed and commented on in the stepsister show is that the first episode was really interesting because it almost sets it up like it's going to be like kaguya in a way Mm. where they're kind of competing but and gugsy will notice this it's been very one-sided winning yeah oh yeah Yeah. the the sister always comes out flustered and the brother is a god basically yeah the brother is the worst part of the show for sure Cause he's yeah, just, if, they, if they had just he's a nothing like, character, yeah, if they had just like made him lose and make him be flustered like a couple of times, the, the show would be so much better for it. But no, the sister always has to lose. If, and, why can't romantic comedy anime write decent male protagonists? I, can't I was going. To, I feel like I, I mentioned this, and someone told me that it's written by a woman, which makes this more confusing to me. Yeah. Well, you, you know why, Doc? It's because the male character is an insert for the kids. The boys who are reading this and want to, you know, the fantasy of a bunch of girls fighting over. But, but he's not the insert. he's not the POV character. Yeah, well, that's true. Who mm. wants to insert as him? He's he's just 
obnoxious and he's just horrible. <laughs> and they, be one they thing did, if the, he was they the did main the, character. I don't know how far you guys made it, but they did a whole episode that was a flashback to their relationship. I've not seen that one. Um, no, I've seen either. And it's revealed that the reason their relationship ended was because so the main girl in present times in the show she's very pretty and very popular and very smart and very personable but in the past she was the nerdy girl with glasses and had the nerd anime girl haircut where she's got the two little pigtails um <laughs> but she da- glasses and but she starts dating the main guy in middle school and she comes out of her shell because of it and she makes friends and it's revealed that the main character or they break up because the main character gets jealous that she has friends and he doesn't like that. Oh my God. She's talking friends and their big fight is him going, I don't care that you have friends. I don't want to hear about your friends. And she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Wow. I'm going to drop the show right there. Um, so that was a point where I was like, Oh, fuck this guy. (laughs) That is very insult behavior. Yeah. See, now, that reminds me of a show that you keep telling me is good, is that a sister is all you need. Like, when I found well, out... Well, he, great. Wait, hold on. Who is telling you is good? It's <laughs> great. Luigi! The show is wonderful. Luigi uh, tells me all the time that's great. But, like... It is. As soon as I found out the reason he wouldn't hook up with the always naked silver-haired girl is because she was a better writer than him, I dropped no, the show. No, that's not what it is. That's what he said. But he <laughs> says, I don't want to date her... Like it's not that because he it's not because he wants to. How do I explain this? Uh, um, he wants to like be on her level to be good enough for her. Mm, not, I still like it. Um, it's it's a bit of an excuse, but I love that's one of my favorite light novels. Viking in the server really likes it too, and he's read more than I have of it. That All sort right. of the tragic noble idiocy of oh I'm. We can't be together because I'm not good enough for you or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. With a little bit of siscon. Yeah, a little. (laughs) So last time we had Gogzi on this podcast, we we had to have the other members explain the Made in Abyss movie to him. So since all three of you guys are are partaking of Made in Abyss season two, why don't we have a little check-in on that? How how are you coming along, Gogzi? Yeah, I... You know... Yeah. The second season, the second season, I am kind of, I, I'm, I'm amazed at how much I'm liking it while also not really understanding like a hundred percent of what's going on in the show. <laughs> Are you up to date? Yeah. Yeah. I am up to date. So you saw the most recent episodes. That was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was enjoying it a lot, but I still don't mm. really have a good like understanding of <laughs> all the destruction that's going on and like, why it's happening. I haven't watched the most recent episode, but I'm current with the manga. What did the most recent episode adapt? So that had um, the the new fluffy girl. What was her the name? Daughter. Um, Faputa, yeah, t- she's sort of destroying the 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 yeah. village. Oh, it's when uh, she's going wild. Yeah, in yeah. the most sort of bloody, visceral, horrific fashion possible. <laughs> Just so, blood so everywhere. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm only on episode four of season two, right? So, so they adapted the flashback with Faputa's mother. 
Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. That, like, made me actually sick to my stomach when I read that it. That was yeah. nasty. Holy shit. Because I, I was. That was the t- most fucked up the thing show the most fucked up thing the show's done yet I yeah guess. i was i was telling the chat that i was like i was going through the first part of season two and i was like well this isn't so bad so far why is everyone <laughs> complaining about it and then we get to that i'm like oh wow okay in the manga it's quite grotesque as well so yeah. let, let me ask a question when we're talking about the village what we're yeah. talking about is they're all inside the mom right yeah they're all inside yeah. Irumiri's body yeah yeah okay um, all right um, and, and there's a sort of magical membrane thing that they all have to enter through, which transmogrifies their bodies into narihati or, or hollow forms, which means that they, they're granted their their deepest wishes, but it also means that they can no longer leave because they've surrendered their value to Irumui. Um And, and their, their value being... It's, it's, quite, it's quite a difficult concept to explain, but it's like the... Like the, the existence... The, their existence, their journey, their story, everything, everything about them has has been. They, they they've been granted something in exchange. They essentially have, I think, more or less immortality as long as they stay within the confines of the village. Um, but as soon as they leave, they'll just dissolve into nothingness. Which again, yeah, we have to explain the that the village is is just you're all inside of this gi- a giant mom. It's it's a prison. It's basically it's, it's a prison. So they they've gone down into the abyss because they had nothing to live for outside of the outside of the abyss and they've been searching for some kind of meaning because of this feeling of unspecified nostalgia that they're looking for that's the that's the thing that the abyss you know attracts people to it some kind of nebulous something and so they go looking for this and it, it entraps them in in this in this prison that that's what has happened to them you know the the abyss is basically a mechanism for killing you know it, it seems to be it, it's like a pitcher plant i think in that it attracts things you know people rather than flies and drowns them and kills them it's that's, that's what i'm coming to think of the abyss as it's, it's deeply sinister yeah <laughs> it's it, it does not have the people's interests at heart and especially you know when they try to escape and they try to ascend it just makes them mutate or, or pop but there's that horrible bit where one of those bird things grabs a girl or and pulls her up in, into the air and she just kind of bursts <laughs> it's horrible you, you didn't have that feeling after watching what happened to mitty in season one <laughs> well yes yeah i know but it, it's even more overt now yeah, in season yeah. Two. Like, like the the deeper they've gone it's like it's like the further that they're they're descending further into it, the inner circle circles of hell I don't know if the author to this read Dante's Inferno, but I'm now starting to really get that vibe from it. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, and, yeah. and that that theme of like descending deeper into a journey and what it reveals about yourself and what you lose along the way is a pretty common theme mm. that I think Maiden Abyss does really well. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the losing is quite literal in this case. Yeah, mm-hmm. this this sounds like subtext, and subtext is for cowards. <laughs> oh the, the losing is definitely not subtext it's definitely overt <laughs> yeah by losing we mean losing your goddamn life yeah or an arm or your intestines or something or your sure. humanity or mm-hmm. your humanity uh, i might never recover about, from what happened to biddy to be honest with you how about <laughs> oh, the best oh character <laughs> the best character from this season though ma <laughs> yeah wait so i actually is is ma one of the like original uh 
like I guess one of the, their party members was th- was that person an important person or is this? Just I don't some think random... so. I think I think Ma is just Ma. It's just some, those like random... legit. So okay. the, the village the village has existed for 150 years on this level of the abyss, but then time runs slower there than than higher up. So there's been time for many 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 other adventurers to come down and join this village. So that's why there's so many of them. Um, mm. so, so whoever enters the village, presumably to stay, becomes mutated. I'm not quite sure why Rico didn't. I guess that's because she's maybe just so focused on continuing her journey. Um, but the the others were maybe searching for the Golden City, which is what they misinterpret this place as being. Because there's there's a, the myth that the, there's a Golden City at the bottom of the of the abyss, in which they perhaps not actually reached yet. I'm on the main Abyss wiki right now, which is really good, and it has like summaries for every chapter, so I trust it pretty well. But it mm. says, Early life. Whether Ma was a part of the original group that became the first inhabitants is unknown. So, <laughs> Ma yeah. is just Ma. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have, we have, a, we have, we have a, new, uh, a new entrant into Your Mama's So Fat jokes. Your Mama's So Fat, you, she houses an entire city in, inside her. Your Ma. Your Ma. Ma. Uh, <laughs> So nah. yeah, I'm pretty. I don't. I don't want to like spoil anything, but I'm pretty sure there's not a golden city at the bottom of the abyss. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's a frozen lake with Satan in the middle of it. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's there, probably going to be a while before we get a season three now because oh, yeah. the uh, anime is basically caught up with the manga, and like Almost the next vol- the next volume of the manga doesn't come out in English until like. A year and a half from now, I think, or something like that. Oh, wow. Something like that. Because it's, yeah. it's a monthly series, so it gets one chapter a month. It's oh, nice. okay. It's, it's about one chapter a quarter at the moment. Yeah, same with um, Land of the Lustrous. Like, I, we haven't gotten a new yeah. Land of the Lustrous volume for almost two years, I think. Yeah, that's another manga that's full of pain. Oh, my God. It, that is as fucked up as Made in Abyss. <laughs> yeah. God, I, I love both. I love both of those shows so much. Yeah. We all enjoy suffering and the uh, yeah. grossness. But, but you, if you've only watched the manga for Land of the Lustrous, you have got no idea how much pain. Like <laughs> Made, Made in Abyss is very like body horror pain, whereas um, Land of the Lustrous is very like existential. Existence is pain. Pain. Yeah, it's the sort of stuff that wakes you at four in the morning, screaming in a cold sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you otherwise is selling something. Suffering builds character. Speaking of Maiden Abyss, though, you're playing the game, Kev. Yeah, I just started it. I, I got the for PS4. Um, it's a bit of a mixed bag so far. I mean, it, it looks the part. Um, unfortunately, I think it's been made fairly cheaply, so it looks like it could possibly even have appeared on a PS2. Huh. Um, it, it's like a sort of action RPG kind of thing. Do you um, play it as really a visual novel? Actually... So it, it's not a visual novel. Um, so you, you, it's got two modes. So there's something called uh, Hello Abyss, which is uh, it's a run through of I think about the first half of the the anime season, where you actually play as Rico. You discover a reg. You descend down. Um, you, you, I think you go about as far as as meeting with um, with a scary lady. Oh, I can't remember her name now. Um, Orzo, Orzu, or Ozen. That's it. Um, yeah, you meet her, and and then then that's like it's like a tutorial, but it takes a few hours to to play through. Then the bit, the main actual meat of the game is you make your own character. Um, uh, who's don't say meat. 
construct your own character, um, who's based in the same orphanage that Rico was. Uh, and then it's like a, a more sort of open world um, exploratory survival kind of RPG kind of thing, um, which is kind of brutally difficult. Um, and you can descend all the way d- d- down, I think, about as far as the, the fifth layer. So I've only really just started playing it. it. It's a bit janky, to be honest. The controls are a bit iffy. It's very fiddly. There's a lot of um, menu fiddling. Um, I haven't quite worked out how to do it yet. It doesn't really do a very good job of explaining itself either. Um, so I'll, I'll probably continue with it. But it's it's a shame because the, the Abyss lends itself to being like an incredible RPG setting. I just don't think this game really is going to do it justice. But it does have its own original story, which was supervised by the manga author itself. So, I yeah, is, it, is it canon then? I don't know. Um, I, I expect there to be significant emotional pain anyway. I, <laughs> I think this. I think this is set after um, Rico has descended into the abyss. So you get to spend a bit more time with the characters in Orth, you know, the city that surrounds the abyss. Oh, that's um, cool. And you go sort of up, up and down. So, I, I think that the general consensus about it is sort of fairly middling. So, if you're a fan of the franchise, you'll probably get quite a lot out of it. It's just you have to suffer through a lot of strange level design and not not such a great control scheme to get there. Yeah, as, you, as you're describing the game, like I, I was suddenly thinking here, like a. There, the, that would be a really interesting mechanic for a game that, like, you cannot go a certain direction. Any, yeah, you can't go up anymore. You have to keep going yeah. for wherever you are. Yeah. That would yeah. be really interesting if, they, if you know, a game design with, like, that. Yeah, I mean, you can go up, but um, if you go up more than a few oh, meters... Oh, That's cheating. More, yeah, but the screen starts to pulsate purple with creepy vein things coming through it and the characters start you know your, your stamina starts to go down and your reliability you can't fight so well and uh, you know i imagine if you go down to deeper levels your character probably does start to bleed out of their arse and probably starts vomiting or something i've not quite gotten to that level yet but I, I'll, I'll be sure to let you know which orifices start to bleed um, give us a give us a bullet pointed list yeah, all yeah. orifices listed in order. Okay, I mean, you gotta admit, Made in Abyss would be a perfect setting for like a Souls, you know, born kind of game. Yeah, so that, I, the, like, I feel like the Xenoblade Chronicles team taking it because they're all about those big weird worlds. I mean, it, it looks not dissimilar hmm. to to that, but it's just not as polished. Yeah, real quick, um, there is one that three of us are watching. I was gonna. I'm curious what you guys think about uh, the maid I hired recently is mysterious. It's a show that I'm enjoying, but it has a very weird vibe. I like it a lot. It's, I mentioned this before the pod, but there's been a recent influx of those Shota shows where a small boy moves into a, some sort of domicile with a bunch of older women who tend to have large breasts and they all somehow fall in love with this boy who's probably 10 years old. Um, this show on the surface seems like it is that, but it is so far not that. It's just very, like, it's a bit mysterious and strange, but it's well written and the visuals are quite nice. So, I Wait, think so it's a good time. I, I'm not watching, so can you explain to me that why it's not that? Because everything you just described 
So and you said it's not just a small boy and big breasted women everywhere. Well, it's, it's, well, there's only one woman. There's just the maid for one thing. And it's, it, there's no edgy or show to elements to it. Like she's not trying to fuck him. He is too young to understand that he, why, why he feels attracted to the maid. So there's really, it's not as creepy. There's nobody creeping on it is basically the difference. And there's like an underlying plot. Like we don't know why the maid has been hired. We don't know where the kid's parents are. Well, the kid's parents are dead. We know that. Oh yeah. We do know that. Well, they're they're dead, but we don't know why this particular maid is here and why she's so devoted. Like, there's all these underlying elements of mystery that, if done right, could elevate this show into something really interesting. Um, that mystery's not really been explored in any way, other than they just remember it to mention it maybe once or twice an episode. There's there's not really been much progression in that regard. Um, yeah, it, it definitely feels like it's in the early stages of just yeah. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure about the show at all because, like, as Rex says, the, the tone is so odd. Um, I mean, she's portrayed as, as an adult, but sometimes the way that she acts around the boy just makes me feel a bit creeped out. Just she she makes these slightly off, very off, easily. off. Yeah, she, she gets fluttered very easily, but but she kind of walks into it by saying sort sort of fairly loaded comments. Um, it often kind of. It's almost like sort of uh, sort of sexually loaded things. It's like why why did you say that? Um, it's it's just odd. I, I don't you know I, I wouldn't hire her as a maid if she talked like that to my eleven year old son. <laughs> I'd, I'd hire I'd hire her immediately. Well, no, I I would, might want to hire her for other reasons, perhaps, but you know, not not to be sole carer for a child. Um, I just I don't it's. I don't know what she's up to. I guess that's the point of the show, but it, it's uncomfortable. Um, and I don't find it funny because it's uncomfortable like that. Um, I don't know. I'm maybe not explaining myself very well. I do find it funny. Occasionally. The thing is like, I'm somewhere in between you and, and, and Luigi. I do find it funny, especially when the other kid in her uh, maid slash butler is around. But yeah. it, I also have to say like him having a crush on her, uh, is perfectly fine and makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, uh, him making you know, you know innocently you know romantic comments without realizing it could be funny. But when she kind of reciprocates or or seems interested, that's where the vibe gets a little off. She says things like, "Are you cold? I'll warm you up with my naked skin." Like, no, no, you do not <laughs> say that to a ten year old child. You, you just don't. Um, even as a joke, probably a bad idea. Even as a joke, and I get it in that particular context, she was trying to get a reaction from him, but even so, you don't try. Yeah, it, to get a most of the time, she makes those comments, she's trying to get a reaction, but it's still like, you gotta do it that way. Yeah. If from what I can tell, and again, I haven't watched any any of the show, but what I can tell, it sure doesn't sound like the maid is mysterious. It sure sounds like your reaction to the show is mysterious. <laughs> well, we don't, the maid is mysterious because she just shows up after her, after his parents die. And he has to fire all his servants because this is what confused me. Like they have a mansion, but the parents die and he's got no money. Like they didn't leave a, 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 they didn't have life insurance in Japan. But anyway, maid shows up. You don't know. She says she'll stay there and take care of him, work for free. You don't know why or why she cares about the kids so much. And we've gotten almost nothing on that except he kind of remembers somebody other than his mom singing a lullaby to him. And you get like a half second flash of a younger version of the maid. That's all you got so far. Mm. And she's going to be his big sister or something, isn't she? It's going to be like... Oh, go, that, that would make it so much weird. weird. That yeah. would make well, it so be weird, weird because, like, 
They have different skin tones. And different yeah. eyes and different hair color. Well, maybe, his, maybe his father had an affair with a woman with a darker skin tone. Dude, if that, 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 would, be, out, that would be interesting. I would, that, that would make the show so much better, actually. That would be so much unexpected element. Especially if they, like, I don't know, showed the affair. That'd be an interesting thing. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, I'm sure that's sure. You that can probably see available the on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so we don't know how all these shows are going to end. So some of them might end well, some of them might end badly. But for our topic of this week, for the question of the week, or the question of the weeb, is what is the worst final episode of an anime? And uh, against my better judgment, I reached out to the Anate community on Discord for an answer to this. And we got uh, a bunch of useless answers, but we got some good ones, too. Uh, our friend Arcane said One Piece, which I assume is to be sarcastic. <laughs> you know, One Piece doesn't have an end. Like One Piece was being written when man was still living in caves, and it'll be written when the sun goes nova. You know, but wasn't there some... I, I know that... There was big news about One Piece recently. Yeah, they're in their final arc. They're, that's only going to last the next five or ten years. I felt like they actually explained like what the One Piece is, but we, none no, of us are. The, well, the biggest news was they like totally changed Luffy's power and kind of recontextualized it. Like he basically oh. has cartoon powers now, where he can like, you know, when like Mickey Mouse they like pull up the grass and it like makes a wave. Like he can like cartoonify things, kind of. I'm I'm explaining it really poorly because I read it in like a comic book. What's that CBR website that really sucks? I read it there. Um, well, I but, thought he was made of rubber because Yo Ho Ho yeah. took a bite of gum gum. Yeah, well, he's they kind of recontextualized what being made of rubber is. Oh, so he can like make Probably anything rubber. rubber. Maybe is that what it is? Kind of, yeah. Oh, all right. Too bad Hybrid's not here. He would know. Hybrid, when you host next time, explain to the audience what's going on with One Piece. Okay. Unfortunately, none of us are None of us give a shit. No. Uh, our friend Coda uh, said, if you want to talk about something that completely, utterly, thoroughly undermines everything from the episodes before it, the finale to uh, World... What the hell was the sh- uh, I got the acronym and I forgot the name of the show. WEP. Oh, Wonder, Wonder Egg. Egg Priority. Wonder Egg Priority, that is. The Wonder mm-hmm. Egg Priority finale is really hard to beat to the point where people who enjoy the rest of the series have to specifically act like it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that, I remember that one got really bad reactions in our community. Yeah, if, if people act like it didn't exist, that's a pretty bad ending. That made me furious. I like screamed at the television when I watched that. <clears throat> yeah. And then I watched it with my daughter who was just like, I don't understand. So that's fine. Just try and forget it, darling. It didn't happen. <laughs> it's just a bad dream. It's just a bad dream. The show never ended. Everyone who involved with it, they, they died tragically, unable to finish their masterpiece. It's a shame I would never end. Um, just like how we never got that third season of uh, Sakuga no Sa- uh, Sana. So hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So uh, a few people recommended, of course, a famously terrible ending of Kuma Miko. Our oh friend my John God. said it was a betrayal of the characters and extremely mean spirited and just legendary for being as wrongheaded and ending so bad that the original creator of the manga disowned it pro- yeah. uh, publicly. 
Oh my god, was this ending one of the this this, this is my answer. This is the the worst fucking ending I've ever seen. Should, I, I can explain sort of. So the whole the the whole show is it's this this girl who lives in the woods with this bear who's like dead, deadly afraid of people and like does not want to like she's just afraid and socially incompetent. And the whole show is trying to like get her out of her bubble, get her out of her shell and like actually interact with people and she's getting comfortable. It's like she actually is like meeting people. She's, she's happy. And then the last episode is kind of like at the first sign of crisis, the bear is the bear turns to the girl and is like, you know what? You don't have to, you don't have to meet any of these people. You can just be happy and live in the bubble in the forest with me forever and ever. Don't, you don't, don't uh, meet other people. Don't we'll just, let's just live happily ever after. And yeah, that was a nightmare disaster. Yeah, don't engage with society. Live as a shut-in. It's great. It's fine. Yeah, with me. Really how that show ends? Yes. Yes. What? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, she, oh, when one thing goes wrong and he like drags her back to the forest and goes, you should just live here as a shut-in. And then that's yeah, the you'll, fucking you'll be happier. You'll be happier with me. No, Who, who cares about uh, any of the progress you've been making to be an actual you know, human being with friends? It doesn't matter. It's safer to oh be with God. me in the forest. Yeah, the, the original creator came out and disavowed the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's as bad as it gets, I think. So uh, Aether says Akudama Drive uh, says it was a real slap in the face setting the main character up as a sort of sacrificial lamb resolving nothing. It pays lip service to cyberpunk without any other broader themes or nuance. I have to say I disagree. I loved Akudama Drive and I thought it ended yeah, extremely well. I love that show too. But he's yeah. allowed his opinion. He also did say the end, the first ending of, of the TV version of Ab- Evangelion, which I do agree with because the whole show is shit. Oh, <laughs> that's wrong. my favorite. That's my favorite Evangelion ending besides the new movie. Yeah. But I have to disagree with Echo Drive. I thought they ended great in a way I didn't expect to. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we had a couple of recommendations, including from our friend Marquan for Roka Brave of the Six Flowers. I really enjoyed that show for most of its run, but that final episode really grinds my gears. Um, yeah, the, because it was a non-ending. Like the show, the last ending of, of of Roka undoes basically everything they just did, and then there's no more of it, so you never resolve the cliffhanger. Yeah, it's a classic read the manga ending. And it sucked too because I actually really liked that show, and I defended it up to that last episode. But that last episode is undefendable. Like maybe if you knew you were gonna, if you like, like Clash of the Elite could do something like that because they're getting a third season, right? So you could do that kind of ending. You can't do that kind of ending if you don't know if you're getting another season, right? You just you just undid like eleven episodes worth of work, and you're never gonna resolve it. That's a that's a dick move. Was that also one of the last shows of that um that studio that closed? I think it was Manglobe. I think so. I'd have to check. I'm I'm looking it up. Uh, our friend Viking, occasional podcast uh, guest, said uh, Komono Jihen had one of the worst final episodes. You know why? Because there should be more episodes. <laughs> Many more. And I agree. It's um, The last episode of Komono Jihen is infuriating because it's the last episode. Give me more, you bastards. I loved that show. That show went completely underappreciated. Uh, oh, here's Alistair. It says the last uh, worst was the last episode of Fina the Pro- uh, Princess Pirate or Pi- oh, that was oh, Pirate yeah. Princess. Uh, it was disappointing to rush everything so much. I could barely understand why they decided to do it in the first place. I did hear that that ended really, really badly. 
It's a yeah, terrible I've, I ending. Oh, go off. <laughs> so it was terrible. It's, it's like someone just came and squatted over and shot on the script. It's just so bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, but I thought it was already kind of trending down in the back half. Like, was it? Like, it was, yeah. But the the ending was offensively awful. Just they robbed the main character of any agency or purpose or individuality or memories or just anything. They just just wiped her to a blank slate and said, "Everything you have done is was just a fucking waste of time. You are an empty uh, shell." Wait, what and happened? It, just, it was. Just, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It's so made me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it one of those well, endings where they invalidate the entire rest of the show? They invalidated everything that happened. Just yeah. totally pointless. Just, just why don't you go watch it? You'll have a terrible time. <laughs> All right. I don't want to uh, have a terrible time. <laughs> another occasional guest on the podcast, Rate Zeno, said, uh, I want to go with Magical Warfare, but that would be cheating because every episode is a contender for worst episode of an anime. Yeah, Mag- magical warfare suck, but the ending is particularly terrible. Uh, where like he goes back, they send the character back in time, but there's not enough time for him because it's the last few seconds of the episode, so there's no time for him to accomplish anything. And well, nobody yeah. gives nobody gives a shit enough about it to ever make more of it. So, wait, Rec, I'm going to nominate a show on, on the same premise as the whole show is, was pretty shit, but the ending is pretty shit, and I think you'll agree with me. Dimension W, that ending was horrible. <laughs> I mean, the ending was awful, but the whole thing W was off the rails way before that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our friend Tenshigami recommended Legend of Legendary Heroes for the same reason that it ends in a place where you get no resolution. You know, you can't says you can't just have this shit hit the fan in the final episode. The heroes flee by promising to return and fix everything, and then nothing else ever happens. It does kind of suck. It's it's you get to read the manga ending, but you literally got no resolution at all at the end of that yeah. show. It, was, it really was a good show too. Uh, our our good friend from the Netherlands and, and Australia and the UK, uh, Nomadic Deck said, "Darling in the Franks somehow managed to have an even stupider final episode than all the stupid shit it had been throwing at the wall for weeks." The last episode of Frank's was like a desperate attempt to be Gunbuster or Diebuster and failing miserably. That show show was so good for so many episodes. And then it just, oh my God. (laughs) It dived off a cliff. Like like midway, at the midway point of the show, I was like, well, this is obviously anime of the year. I'm going to give this 10 out of 10. And then by the end, I was like, I think I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. Episode 15 (laughs) of that show. Episode 15 was possibly the best anime episode that year, and then mm-hmm. it just went so, so badly wrong. I, Is that the flashback episode of them as kids? It was well before that. It oh. was, it was, or was it? I can't really remember. There was, it, was, there was, it was the episode, it felt like a season finale. It did, yeah, and it should have just ended there. Um, because they it was where nothing. they kind of defeated. The big bad before they introduced spoiler alert aliens. Aliens. Yeah, it was the bigger aliens. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so gonna say stupid. it's aliens. But it's aliens. Yeah, exactly. It was so stupid. And just they, they ran out of things to say, and which is which is bizarre because they had such a fertile ground to say something, but they said nothing. They they 
uh, had all this fascinating stuff about a society that had made itself sterile and was enslaving its children, uh, or you know, as as soldiers and, and sacrificing them so that the you know the, the the older immortal people could sort of just stay alive in their um sort of dead sterile society that you could you could do something with that and they just they just didn't because it was aliens um and just, uh... can i nominate yeah. another show along the same lines as yeah. the franks yeah. and aliens I'm, I'm gonna nominate another one because i just was reminded of it rewrite because the end was the, the apocalypse is everyone turns into trees. <laughs> it's one of the mm. dumbest things I've ever seen. I mean, it's a dumb ending, but it is extremely memorable. Yeah. You trees. can't admit. And they did, they uh, came back and did more of that show. So it's, that kind of makes it a little better, right? Yeah. I'd have to defer to, to Ray Kaze as he, he actually played the game and, and I guess watched the anime, but you know, that's the season, that season was enough for me. Uh, let's see, uh, Tenchi again, and a few other people recommended this. Uh, Beyond the Boundary, uh, the, they liked the TV series as a whole, but it did not stick the landing. Um, I didn't have as big a problem as a lot of people seem to have with how they ended Beyond the Boundary, especially since there was a movie that followed up on it. Please don't spoil this because I haven't watched it yet. I intend to watch this one. Okay, yeah, I I'll just say it, that some people don't weren't fans. Okay, I, I think this is a separate category from what we're talking about. That like. Some of these are, are, well, most of what we're talking about are, are either great anime that didn't really have an ending, like Legendary Heroes or something like that, or they're really terrible anime and re- had just even worse endings. This one is like, it was a great anime, and the ending was just, it's, it, it's not bad, it's just kind of okay. But it, because everything else before it was so good, people are disappointed. Yeah, it was a great show. I think that's what it is. This is just a really disappointing one, not necessarily terrible. Yeah. Uh, but talking about anime that were good until the last episode, uh, Ray Kaze, which we just mentioned, uh, nominated Charlotte, a show that I love. And uh, I will admit the last episode is terrible because, like uh, Ray Kaze said, he cramped, they crammed a whole season worth of content into one episode and then kind of just ends. But every episode up to that point was fantastic. There's, there's an episode in there after a, an event that I can't you know mention without spoiling it. One of my favorite episodes of anime ever. So for me, it was a terrible ending, but the show was good enough to survive it. I don't know if you guys agree. I didn't watch I don't, it. Don't watch that. Never seen it. Oh, you should watch. It's re- like, like I said, ninety percent of the show is fantastic. It's kind of like I always think of it. I've described it before as the anime Mass Effect Three. Like you really had a great game until those last like ten minutes. But the only <laughs> anime that I've seen by that same guy was the day I became a god. And Which is that another thing that Ray Kaze mentioned, by the way. Horrific ending. I mean, I wasn't totally sold on that show to begin with, but it had its moments, and then that ending was just absolutely infuriating. That's another one of those shows that I was like, this is going to be one of my animes of the year, and then by the end I was like, oh, God, why? Ten episodes <laughs> in, it was a fantastic show, and then the last three episodes completely shit the bed, and then lit it on fire. <laughs> Remember, this, this girl is really sensitive. You can't touch her or yell at her. Immediately grabs her and yells in her face. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Don't you recognize me? I'm like, we just fucking told you not to do that. <laughs> and it's wild because Angel Beats was so good for the whole time. No, Angel Beats sucked really Shut badly. Up. You should. Well, okay. Yeah, Angel Beats kind of did the same thing where they like 
they were doing this whole kind of like, oh my God, we're going to give an episode of everyone going to heaven or whatever. And then they realize, oh wait, we only have two episodes. We still have 20 more people left to go. Let's just do a montage of everyone going to heaven. Actually, they don't go to heaven. They get, I don't like, or whatever it's called. I don't like afterlife um, narratives that involve reincarnation because it always feels pointless. Well, they're just getting reincarnated anyway. You know, if you have to go to eternal reward or eternal punishment, the stakes are a lot higher. But anyway, that's an entirely different conversation. I'm going to write that down for next next time, actually. <laughs> afterlife. Next time podcast, the afterlife? Yeah, afterlife, yeah. That won't cause any existential dread. Um, our friend Uamar Guy, Uamar Guy, uh, podcast guest as well, said uh, that the end of We Never Learn uh, not and this oh, one isn't, it isn't even the last episode doesn't ruin the show. It's the last like minute and a half of the last episode of ruins the show by dismantling the entire thing of who's he going to pick. You find out who he picks in like the last 35 seconds of the last episode in the Man. most offhand way. And the manga. So the manga has a totally different ending and the manga has five endings. No, oh, because no. they reach this point And then the big announcement was that, Surprise, we're going to do an ending for every girl. Is there an ending where he ends up with the teacher? <laughs> yes. Because right, I was always pro-teacher on that one, i got to admit. So <laughs> the last, like, and I, I'm pretty sure, I didn't read the ending, I only heard about it from a friend, but I'm pretty sure each ending is a half a volume's length. length. So you get like six chapters per character, and it's like, what? Have some balls. Commit to one character. I don't know. It oh, worked for God. it. worked for Amagami SS. Well, yeah, that. but that was that was by design. It was here, here's a route for each character. The, the the another one you've remind you reminding me of all these terrible anime I've seen. One that I've reminded of. Uh, uh, I think Rec, you've seen it. I don't know if you agree with me, but Hog and I was a terrible ending. Hog and I was a, a terrible ending because it didn't resolve anything. No, yeah, it's it, the the rare the, the rare uh, rom com harem anime where the protagonist in the end when they're they're like okay now you have to pick someone and the protagonist goes okay I'm going to pick no one yeah and then ends Hog and I was directed or written by the same guy who wrote A Sister's All You Need fun fact I've been told by I think it was Rate or some uh, somebody else and that's big in the manga in our group. That the further storyline in the manga from or the light novel is even worse. is is excruciatingly terrible. So I think we maybe that we actually ended up with the best possible ending. Yeah, the manga ending it just gets even worse and worse and worse, and then it it just it just farts out a horrible ending, which sucks because I actually really loved most of Haganai, especially the first season. I thought that was great. Like it, like. Because it dealt with the, the the pressure of being in the center of a harem in a way a lot of those shows don't. Like he wasn't he he knew he wasn't actually oblivious to their feelings. He was aware of it, but desperately trying to act like he wasn't. And it just wasn't good. It wouldn't hold up. It wouldn't last. And it was starting to like fracture the friendships, which is what it would actually happen. You know, those kind of situations in real life end in death. Somebody gets stabbed. You know, or you get end up on a nice boat. <laughs> Right, of terrible endings. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, that ending was completely thematically appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last one we got also from Ray Kaze was he, his least favorite ending is the pet girl of Sakura So because the ending seems, carries the message, if you don't have talent, you'll never succeed. I guess that made him angry. 
I haven't actually. I never finished Sakara so, so I don't know. I can't say he's wrong. I didn't think the ending was terrible, but I'm not. I can't say he's wrong. I really like that show. Yeah. So I enjoyed. Uh, did you like the ending then, Luge? From what I remember, yeah, I thought the show was great the whole time. Hmm. I think if I watched it now, I would probably <clears throat> dislike it a lot more. But in in the moment, I think I the this the sum of its parts was better than the whole. So I want to give you guys a chance to mention any endings to shows that we haven't gone through yet. Uh, well, besides the ones I've already given. <laughs> if you have any other ones, you don't have to mention if you've used them up already. But I think Luigi at least had one and, got, and I think Doc had a couple. So Luigi. Yeah, so kind of like what Deck had said about it sucked for a lot of it, but the ending was just the slap in the face was the anime that didn't actually get a second season promised Neverland season two because... <laughs> First few episodes of that season were pretty good, returned to form, and then they cut out what I think is the best arc of the season, or of the series, the Goldie Pond arc. Like, just completely yeah. cut it out. Never had that character in the show, never had any of the impact from that, which is crazy because, like, the stuff that happens in there, like, reverberates throughout the series. So they cut that out, readapt, remake a whole bunch of the shit. And then the last episode resolves the first part of it resolves in kind of the same way as the manga and then they find the way to this is spoilers but it's a year old who cares um they find the way to the human world everyone goes except for emma because that's what happens in the manga and in the manga um emma goes back to the demon world does a bunch of stuff and then in the human world like years and years later they find Emma with no memories and like she doesn't get her memories back. Um, but in the anime, they play like a three minute long montage. That's all PowerPoint slides of Emma doing a bunch of the stuff that got cut out of the anime earlier, which is, was just the biggest slap in the face as a manga reader. Like, an earlier arc gets adapt, adapted, quote-unquote, in this PowerPoint slide montage of, oh, well, she did go and do this, but it happened now. Wasn't that great? <laughs> the end. So it's, even, it's actually worse than if they had skipped it entirely. It is absolutely worse than if they had skipped it entirely because it shows that they knew what was going on. And when this season got announced, like way back a year or two ago, um it was announced that the writer of the manga, like the original creator was coming on this season to help out. And my fan theory or my theory is that he was brought on to save this anime that they knew was only getting one more season when really it should have had two or three more. So I think they just shot themselves in the foot the whole time by not by trying to resolve everything in one more season of 11 episodes when it needed about 40 more episodes. So it's one of the worst anime I've ever seen. And I hate it. That's what sucks about about Promised Neverland, the second season, is that not only was it a disappointing season, it's just it broke people's heart because people loved the first season so much and people loved the manga so much. Like, it was like, I know it was you. You broke my heart. When people, lots of people don't like the manga ending very much. I like it. They think it's rushed. I liked the manga the whole way through. 
And I think it dips a little bit at the end, but this was just not like this. This is not like this. <laughs> no, not like, not like this. this. Not like this. Uh, so, yeah. Doc, did you have one or two that we didn't mention yet? Uh, there's the obligatory mention of Babylon. Oh, Jesus. Which, which did you, started did you, off... Did you get the message? It uh, started off, I think, really well as like a, an interesting kind of pr- police procedural thriller with some supernatural elements. And then um, episode seven had the most disturbing, horrendous scene where the main female <laughs> character gets basically... Yeah. Everything cut off of her by the. Oh, it was horrible. That's where uh, I stopped watching that show. That was the best place to stop. Tur- okay. so, so tur- yeah, so it turns out, you know, after that horrifying thing, the, the show went on a break for a couple of months and then came back with a sort of, I think, a further five episodes of an arc so totally disconnected. Um, it was just it was so stupid. It, it, Remember it was just- the episode where all the world leader- leaders sit around and talk about philosophy while yeah. they float around over a giant brain and in space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> galaxy brain, the anime. And yeah, it's it is. So lit- they are literally floating around in a galaxy brain talking about philosophy for a whole episode. <laughs> but not, oh not, even, not even deep philosophy. It's like philosophy for it's like, like, you know, teenagers. It's like what I would teach about philosophy. Yeah. It's like, do, do you know the trolley problem? <laughs> it's just nonsensical it's like, have you heard of the prisoner dilemma do you know the ship of theseus it's, it's yeah. the kind of philosophy that like you and your buddies would talk about when you're like super high it's like big yeah. bang theory. it's like big bang theory philosophy did you know about schrodinger's cat yeah <laughs> we can't know if it's there or not oh my god yeah. oh. all comes down to do we know that suicide is bad why is it bad like oh, shut up um, suicide is the only choice so it just yeah. So it's not just the ending that's bad. It's like this entire second half of the series is bad. Um, Babylon, just, I think, is is it's a shining uh, star in a sea because in the entire time I've been in Anite, and that's like eight years or so now, I think uh, it's the only show that ever required a group therapy session after an episode. Yeah, <laughs> after episode seven, yeah. Where everyone's like, like, literally broke people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that episode was in, incredible. I mean it was it was amazing. It's like wow, they they've really they've really gone places here. It's just after they had you know dismembered the main female character, there wasn't really anywhere else to go afterwards. By the looks of it, um, yeah that that episode and when uh, the whole thing with Mitty from Made in Abyss are like the only two times I've I've needed like a cigarette after an episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember well, just sort of sitting in stunned silence after watching that. I mean, what, what did I just watch? And also, thank God, my youngest child wasn't in the room while I watched this. Um, well, I there was an episode of uh, Command After Story that required me to drink heavily, but other than that, oh, oh, yeah, oh, that's Jesus. its own thing. That's that's for a different reason. The field of feels. Oh my God! And Nobody was dismembered in that then. Just what about just my heart? Yeah, what about <laughs> my heart? Was- what about everyone's favorite weird? Gay show, Banana Fish, the the weird gay romance with a lot of people dying for some reason, and a lot of rape, a lot of rape, a lot of rape in that show. So, despite the 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 rape and the murder, I really enjoyed Banana Fish. Um, I'd read I'd read the manga already, so I knew the manga was really good, um, and the anime was really really good. But then the problem is the ending. It's it's the same ending as the manga, and it's really just a 
giant fuck you ending. Just, you know, the main character... This is, I'm going to spoil the entire thing, by the way. The, the main character you've been following through the whole thing, who's very sympathetic, has had a very difficult life, um, just randomly gets stabbed by some rando and dies. <laughs> like, like, on the street? On the street, yeah. It's just, the, the, you know, the plot has been resolved. Everything is more or less fine. He just gets stabbed and dies. I think the idea being that he's lived a violent life of a thug, basically, and no matter what he does, he's never going to be able to leave that life behind, is what I think the show is trying to say, despite the fact that he was on his way to leave that life behind. <laughs> so just Did you, did you see uh, Phantom, Requiem for the Phantom? No. Oh, yeah. Same ending. Cool. Same bullshit piece of fucking ass shit. Ridiculous. <laughs> ruined the whole show kind of ending. I love the ending. Let's go. <laughs> I hate that ending so much. I literally flipped the table like the gif. Yeah. But the thing that's really frustrating about the banana fish ending is that in the manga, there is an epilogue, which is set a few years later, which brings emotional closure, which they didn't animate. <laughs> so they just end it with that just monumental fuck you, the end. He's dead. <laughs> There's... um. There's no, there's no processing of those emotions. You're just left for it to be just raw, eating out your heart. Yeah. Hey, Gugs, you got any more, or did you use up your list? No, I think I, I used up my list. I just wanted to, to quote that. I think I feel like we started the show with Luigi asking for more sodomy from our Furuta. So ending this show with banana fish would uh, be thematically uh, relevant. It, yeah, we've, we've gone full circle. Got just full... like the sausage, just like the sausage in that burger. Yeah, a full <laughs> circle of, of sausage and sodomy. This is what you want from your anime podcast. And we bring it to you every couple weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, the mention of sausage and sodomy is a good place to end. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to thank uh, our guests this week, uh, Doc. Bye-bye. And Gugsley. Yo, yeah. And, of course, the Mama Luigi. Bye. Uh, see you uh, next time. And, of course, remember, never feed cinnamon to a Scotsman. Bye.